partied, and welcome to another frightfully fun edition of the Party of One podcast. I am your ghastly game master for the evening, Jeff Stormer. This week, my victim, sorry, my guest, is GM Chris from That D&D Podcast, who joins me for a game of Murderous Ghosts by D. Vincent Baker. Murderous Ghosts is a two-player game of survival horror that follows one poor urban splunker as they try to navigate a haunted factory full of the tormented, violent souls of a long-forgotten atrocity. With only their wits to guide them, they'll face unsettling truths and questions without answer, and hopefully find their way home. But more than likely, they're going to get murdered. By ghosts! So without any further ado, let's throw it over to me in the past so he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Hey, my guest this week is Chris from That D&D Podcast. Chris, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Um, so right off the top of the show, why don't you talk a little bit about That D&D Podcast, introduce, um, talk about where people might know you from. Okay. Um, well, if any of your listeners frequent uh, the Penny Arcade forums, I'm The Road Virus on there. Uh, you can find me as The Road Virus on Twitter. And as far as That D&D Podcast goes, uh, it's a live play RPG podcast. Uh, we did kind of a year-long 4e campaign uh we've kind of hopped around on a few different things we have a, a 5e campaign and right now we're doing a dungeon world one and uh one of our cast members mike is dming a star wars edge of the empire campaign right now too oh yeah that's it's awesome awesome i'm super excited this week we are gonna have some we're gonna get some some spooks and some scares in we are playing murderous ghosts by d vincent baker if i remember correctly i think he's the guy who did the apocalypse world stuff yes this is actually powered this is actually powered by the apocalypse which i which i think is really interesting because it's so vastly different from right apocalypse world and dungeon world so i'm really excited to see what you can do with the apocalypse world engine yeah and i can't wait to die horribly so. Oh, it's going to be great. I'm really <laughs> excited. Uh, so yeah, Murderous Ghosts is the story of an urban explorer battling murderous ghosts as uh, they try to fight their way through an abandoned factory full of horrible ghosts of the past trying to lash out in a nightmare existence. It's super fun. I'm really excited about this. Me too. Yeah, so let's go ahead and just dive right in. All right. We're going to start out uh, before play. To, just to set the scene a little bit is, um, this is a, like I said, this is a story of an urban explorer in a place of great violence. They have found themselves somewhere where they are going to be hunted by murderous ghosts. The game lasts for about 30 to 60 minutes, which is to say it lasts generally until, one, until you either survive, die, or one of us says, I can't take it anymore and quit. <laughs> Too many spooks. Too many spooks. So... Um, to start play, I'm going to draw a card. Uh, the game uses a deck of cards, which we've got in front of us. To start play, I'm going to draw a card face down. And when I draw a card, what it represents is how far from escape you are as the player. Okay. Based on how many suits I draw. Now, I don't know what this card is because the rule state that I stated, draw it face down, and it's not until I have four cards in front of me that I get that we both get to know how far you are from escape. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so I've got one card drawn face down on the table, and I'm going to ask you, because um, another cool thing about the game, there's so many cool things that I've, like, I've already <laughs> accepted are cool that I have to like go back and try to like remind myself to explain for our listeners. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's Sometimes uh, you know it slips your mind because you're like, all right, well, I've read this. This is awesome. Everybody else should just automatically know it. And then your brain's like, no, 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 hold on a second. Let me flesh it out for the people who have to listen. Yeah, exactly. So the way the game works, and it's really cool, is it's designed for two. 
and each each of us, player and uh, MC, each have a different book of scenarios like in front of us. Fifty two scenarios in the book. Mine are all the even number or odd numbers, and yours are all the even numbers. Yeah, and from what I could tell, some of these it, it looks like it plays kind of like one of those choose your own adventure books because it's like. You tell the MC this, and if it's this, turn to this number, and if it's this one, turn to this number, which I, it seems like it adds a lot of replayability to it. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that it's like a two-player choose-your-own-adventure thing. I think that's a really interesting structure for a game, and I'm really yeah. excited to see how it, like, play, how it actually shakes out. So I've drawn my card face down. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you to turn to the start passage and um, read it or skim it or, you know, do whatever you – however much – however – to the to the actual passage you want. Sure. You can read it some you can read it directly, you can paraphrase it whatever. T- uh, turn to start and we'll go from there. All right. Uh, it says for me to tell you my name. Let's go with Greg. Why not? Greg. Uh, and also has a little thing for me to read to you. It says okay. uh, my name's Greg. I'm 23, brave, athletic and smart. I'm an urban spelunker, and I've been sewering. I mean, that's what we call it. You know, you you, you know the lingo. It's fine. Sure. Uh, yeah. And as best as I can tell you, I've come up in the abandoned factory out where Platt Street curves beside the river. Uh, I'm exploring one of the sub-basements. Uh, I've been here for a little while. Uh, as far as I can tell, I'm pretty far from the sewer hatch that I came through, and I'm not seeing any kind of stairway that I can use to get immediate access to get out of here. Uh, I generally have an idea which way to go. You know, I always research my spelunking adventures uh, and I've been careful. So hopefully I won't get lost. And it tells me to tell you to turn to number one. Okay, so I'm going to describe the space that you're in and the evidence of the violence that remains. So you're in this massive sub-basement, what appears to be like you're surrounded by these colossal textile loom machines. Okay. But they all appear to be rusted and the metal warped and melted. The the walls all around you, you shine a light on them. Let me ask you uh, – Sure. What kind of I, – I don't know if this is a question that's going to come up, but I'm going to ask you up front. And then if it comes up, it comes up. It's very dark. What kind of light are you what – kind of, what kind of light do you have on you that you're using to explore with? I've got this trusty backpack, and on one strap I have uh, one of those little minor headlamps. On the other okay. one, I got my gro- my GoPro because I always like to share my videos. And sure, sure, sure. Off to my friends. Okay, yeah. So on the minor lamp, you're you're panning, and the walls they are marked with scratches in the in the the thick cement walls are marked with scratch marks. You take a few steps, and the air is thick. With the smell of ash and dust and rotting meat. Oh, good. And you feel something. You kick it with your foot and you look down and it is a skull in the jaw of which has been smashed on one side as if with a a hammer or a brick or some heavy blunt object has just crushed half of this jaw. Hmm. There is animal refuse abound. There is just a thick layer of dust over everything. Um, There are posters on the walls that are burned up and torn down. And with that, I'm going to ask you to turn to number two. All right. Uh, Mine number two says, what is the worst thing that this suggests to you? Choose and tell the MC which. I've got betrayal, cruelty, madness, revenge, sorrow, or a threat to me here and now. Hmm. Well, the burning... 
and the crushed skull seems to me like somebody got killed and maybe they were trying to cover it up. Interesting. I'm going to go with cruelty because okay. either, you know, he was beaten and left for dead and they tried to cover their evidence or they tried to burn him alive or something. But either way, it was pretty messed up. So let's go with cruelty. And that tells me uh, we should turn to number 20. Okay. Cruelty. Tell the MC the closest you've ever been to death. Oh, good. <laughs> Fun, right? Um, <laughs> Uh, there was one time when I was at the beach, uh, I got pulled in by like the undertow and I'm already not a huge fan of, uh, deep water and I have asthma. So my, you know, breath capacity is not that great. Uh, so there was a spot I was pretty sure I wasn't going to make it back to the surface. Um, someone say that's probably what it is. Okay. Uh, so then it says I have to draw a card. Okay. So let me draw one. So I got a five of spades. On your first draw of the game, this is a free draw. The first draw automatically counts as a 13 to a 20. Okay, well, that's good, because uh, five would be bad news, because that's not even the minimum for anything here. <laughs> okay, uh, it says 13 to 20. If you haven't seen a ghost here, tell the MC to turn to three. If there is a ghost here, tell the MC to turn to 13. Okay, so 13, or three. Three, not 13. Three. Yes. So... I ask you, what are you what are you doing right now? You're free to move around the space, investigate whatever and, you know, investigate handle what's here, whatever you like. And I'm here to tell you what you find along the way. Okay. Uh first things first, I know you said I found the skull that was crushed. I'm going to yes. look around and see if there are any other uh accompanying human-sized bones, so maybe I can get a picture of what happened to this guy. Yeah, you look around and by where you saw the scratch marks on the wall, you find a hand, like an arm, like the bones of a hand or an, like a forearm. Okay. And the fingertips have been ground to dust. Oh, good. They've been, yeah. You find the scattered, scattered bone dust remains around them. You look up and you see a window, like a surface window. Mm-hmm. Dozens of feet out of reach, so it's it's as high as like just barely in in range of sight with the okay. thick clouds of dust and dust and dismay. Mm. You find a few other um, human bones around. They're scattered about um, this very large space. Over the next several minutes, you look around, you find bones. But the strange thing is that you is that they're scattered to the point that suggests that it's not just the one person's Multiple bones. Multiple people's Yeah. Okay. Well, that scratch in the wall, does that look like it was made by like a tool or is it kind of like a claw shape or what What are we looking at there? It looks distinctly um claw shaped. Crap. Okay. Uh, is it high enough up to where it could be some just like, I don't know, some sort of crazy strong animal or is it too tall to be an animal and maybe something weird? No, it's it's about it goes from about like five, four and a half, five feet up. Mm-hmm. To about like six, six and a half feet up. Oh, okay. so decidedly in human range. Huh. Um, as you're looking at as you're looking at the the bones and the claw mark, you see that the edge of the um like the corner of the floor where the floor meets the wall is is like black with this layer of ashy grime. Like just pitch, it's just this pitch black layer against this cold gray concrete of like thick grease and ash just piled up and accumulated. 
Um, I'm going to put on one of my little, uh, you know, climbing gloves that I've got and sure. I'm gonna try to scoop some of it up and see if I can figure out what in the world this stuff is. Sure, sure, sure. You pick it up and let me ask you, when is the last time you handled or have you ever handled like the remains of, of like a fire and burning material? Yeah, I've, I've, I've done that a few times. I'm, uh, in real life, I'm, I'm an Eagle Scout. So we did all the campfire setup and all that sort of stuff. So I'm going to say, uh, game version guy is two. Okay. Yeah, so you pick it up and it's just it's just ash, but it's not quite the ash that you're familiar with. It's thicker, it's greasier, it's almost like something was rendered down maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charred remains of like textile, like little tiny fragments, like little bits of it float okay. on the air, float on like the dust clouds all around you. Well, um I think the last thing I would want to check out would be the uh, rusty warped machines. Like, does it look like the fire maybe started in one of those or did they just get caught up in the fire? You look at one of the machines and you see there's a panel that sort of um, like the fire has sort of welded, forced it open. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the hinges are fused in a way that it's forced open. You pull it open and you see little, like, you see chunks of fabric in between the various gears on the inside of this panel, like, inside, that you can peer inside the machine. And you see chunks of gear, chunks of little fabric, like, jammed in the gears. Okay. So it it looks like these machines are, they were manufactured at a point when the manufacturing of this textile was a very haphazard process, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's entirely possible that that fire started somewhere somewhere in like the textile things. That's what you get when you buy really crappy clothes printers. So um, as you're looking at that, like I mentioned, these little flecks of fabric, these little flecks of fabric are floating around. You kind of look, you see a few of them float by like on a dust cloud, basically. Mm-hmm. And then a few more, and then a few more. And you look and you're noticing that they're kind of swirling all around and they're sort of wafting a little bit maybe like 10 20 feet to your right they're swafting and you look and there is a young woman there who wasn't there before oh man she is gaunt her eyes are sunken her hands are hideous are like her fingers are way too long and rot like her crusted fingernails have sort of warped into her hands so she has these huge claw hands and she's just pulling at fabric like Hmm. pulling this length of fabric along one of these old warped broken machines okay does she look does she look like see-through or anything or does she seem like she's for real like physical she is not see-through, but she is deathly pale, okay. almost almost blue. That very distinct, like that very distinct, almost blue pallor color. Yeah, the, the corpsey color. Corpsey color. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I am going to ask you to draw. All right. So when you when the player draws, let me go over how that works for you. Anytime you draw, you begin play with an empty hand. All of your cards are played face up. Okay. Before you draw, you may discard your entire. You may choose to discard any cards currently in your hand. Okay. You'll draw a card from the top of the deck face up. Add it to your hand. Aces are one, two through ten. Add their value. All face cards at eleven. Can do. 
the sum total result that um, the, and the way and the the numbers that you have will impact whether the best thing happens, a middling thing happens, or the worst possible thing happens. All right. So the, the best is thirteen to twenty, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got a five right now, so odds are, I mean, I'm not going to bust at least. So I'm going to yeah. take this card. Yeah. If you get a six through a twelve, the a middling thing happens. A one through five, the worst possible thing happens. A thirteen to twenty, the best possible thing happens. And a twenty-one or bust, a twenty-one or up is a bust, and the worst possible thing happens again. All right. Well, I have a five, so let's hope for an eight or more. It's a six. Okay. So a middling thing happens. She looks in your direction. Okay. And you see her hair is in a bun that is slightly off to the side of the back of her head, but it is smoldering. And, like, her hair is caked and matted onto her head. Like, she has not showered or bathed in who knows how long. There are grease marks all over her face and body, and you can see that, like, like as you look at her and as she looks at you, and there's this moment where you're just looking at each other, you start to notice that some of them are grease marks, and some of them are, like, horrific burns. Like, mm. deep, like, charring burns. And she just looks at you, and she turns back and tugs at some more, and then looks at you again and says, Get back to work! Huh. Okay. Um. Okay. So, uh, so she says that, at which point I turn to 17. Yeah, okay. She keeps, she says that a third time. She says, get back to work, and she rips the fabric and, like, just starts walking at you. And as she's holding the fabric, she starts pulling it, and it starts, like, stretching, unlike any fabric that you've ever seen. Huh. Okay. Um, now, Greg has always prided himself on his ability to keep his composure even in scary situations and his grandma always told him she was super superstitious uh but she always told him ghosts are here because they have unfinished business okay so instead of being scared of her uh he's going to try and calm her down he's going to say look look it's break time the boss just said it's break time you look thirsty you look hungry do you want some food i have some i have some snacks or some drinks i can share with you she walk, continues walking towards you, and she just says, break time is for union fat cats. And she, like, just continue, and she's almost, she's, like, she is upon you now, like, and she's just, like, pulling this thing, and it's closing in on your face. So now I'm going to ask you to choose choose one of four numbers uh, on your booklet. Okay. You will turn to either 6, 10, 14, or 16. Is this when I, ha- I have to choose kind of sight unseen? Yes, uh, they're all good. <sighs> so you're not going to get murdered here. Okay. But she's just coming towards you with this unnatural, like, spider silky fabric and is, like, closing in on you. So choose one of those four options. All right. I'm going to choose the second one. So I think you said that was number 10. 10, number 10, yeah. All right. Ask the MC what the ghost is capable of doing to you. She... Like I said, you see her pulling this thing and it just keeps getting longer and now by this point like she's she looks like she's literally weaving it with her hands and now it's like dragging behind her. It's yeah, it's like dragging off. She's dragging to the side and you can tell that like if she gets to you, she can just wrap you up, uh, suffocate you and just you no know, and you would just be lost. in a bad way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um Okay, well it says after you do that, I'm supposed to draw. Yep. 
I'm still shoot. Okay, I'm shooting for a low card now. Let's mm-hmm. see what I get. A six. Okay, so that's 18. Uh, sh- no, 12. 12 17. 13, 17. Best possible yes. thing happens. All right. So I get to choose one of these. My hands won't stop shaking. I mm-hmm. cover my face. I'm whimpering. My knees are weak. I'm frozen in place or I'm backing slowly away. Is that the best possible thing? Yeah. So on, on a 13 and 20, I choose one. On a 6 to 12, I choose two. And if I bust, I either scream, fall down, or scramble back the way I came. Okay. Gotcha. So um, choose one. As much as logic tells me that I should be backing up, for some reason, I can't find the energy to move my legs. So, okay. Uh, I'm struck with panic at the realization that I am frozen in place. Okay. Then it tells me to tell you to continue from where you were. Yes. So I'm going to turn to 19. You have a ghost's attention. Oh, good. So I weigh what's happened so far, which is that you've attracted the attention of this ghost that seems to be weaving this endless fabric with her hands. She keeps, she wants you to go back to work. She won't listen to the, to the, she won't listen to the idea that there's break time because she's been told that break time is only for union folk and she's not in the union. So now I ask you, what, what, what does Greg do here? Uh, as she's closing in, uh, the, the only thing that uh, pops into his head is play along. So he's going to say, I'm new. Can you tell me how the machine works? I'll help you out. I just don't know how. Inter- that's interesting. Okay. Then I am going to say turn to number 36. Okay. She stops. She stops weaving. And she looks at you and just says, you look old for a newbie. They usually start them around six. My my parents called in a favor. We're hurting for money. Uh, okay. So it says, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what 36 so, says, and I'm really excited now. It says... I have to draw. Okay. Now um, remember, you can discard. You can discard. Choose to discard your hand. Is it? Can I discard some cards, or is it the whole? It's ca- your whole, whole hand. hand it's all or nothing. Oh. And you can always count. It says counting cards is is welcome. You just can't look at the discard pile once they've been discarded, or yeah, you can't well, look through them. If you just keep, you can keep track of them in your head. Yeah. The odds of me getting a two or three are relatively low, and anything over that is a bust. So I'm going to discard my hand. Okay. Let's yeah, that's fine. Scoot these over. Uh, I'm going to draw a new card and hope it's not terrible. It's a six, so I'm at least not in the worst possible situation. On a six, I tell you to turn to number 23. Number 23. I really like the anticipation of turning to a thing because I haven't actually looked through the – I haven't. I only. I know the rules, but I don't actually know the – that's exactly what I did. I read the rules and I was like, I'm not going to spoil any of this. So now it's like, what What are you seeing? What am I seeing? Every what's- time it tells me to turn to a number, I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. Okay. Is the ghost trapped here but not intent upon revenge or violence? Then the ghost investigates the other player. Turn to 27. Okay, yeah. So the So the woman with her clawed hands, she gets close to you. Like close enough where you can smell the burning and the musty old – the smell of like – you can smell like mothballs and old blankets and like the burning of these machines and the dust. She reaches up with that clawed hand and like grabs your cheek and like pulls on it and she's like – you don't look like you're from around here. And she's like jab, like starts like jabbing your side and your stomach. And she's like, 
she's like, "Oh, you've got you've got a little belly. You're not you're Oh, you're not you're not a factory type, but we can we can always make you more like us." And she's like jabbing you in sort of like she grabs you by the shoulders and like jerks you towards the mach- back towards the machine and she grabs you by the back of the hair and she pulls it down. And she's like she's like as long as you're here from 6 in the morning until 10 at night you look here you get 20 minutes for lunch understood yes ma'am okay you may turn now to uh 6 8 12 or 16 you may choose freely they're all good 16 I'm letting the D4 decide for me because it seems more fun that way. That's all good. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. What is it? No, sorry. What about the ghost still seems most human to you? Choose and tell the MC. Either it's eyes, it's sorrow, it's anger, it's fear, it's movements, it's voice, or another of my own choosing. Even though she seems angry, there's this kind of tortured sorrow that I see in her eyes over the, the bad treatment that she's gotten. And... I can identify with that. That seems human to me. Okay. Uh, so after that, I have to... Oh, now I have to draw again. Okay. Keeping my card. And drawing number 10. So I'm at 16. Booyah. All right. Best possible thing happens. Tell the MC that you don't reach out to it in any way. <laughs> uh, and then continue from your place. Okay. So so yeah, um she she's explaining to you. She's just like 6 a.m. you get in, you punch in, you look at the machine, you pull out the strands so they don't get caught because if they get caught things can go wrong and you and she's just rattling off these really elaborate It's you'd almost be impressed at how many little tricks of the trade she's memorized if she wasn't, you know, some sort of hideous murderous ghost right um so what do you do here first i would take a quick glance down at my watch to see what time it is okay see if i can use that as a oh hey look it's quitting time it is i'm gonna say because because you were sewering and because you're exploring abandoned buildings that's not a daytime activity yeah so it's definitely but you've been here, but you've also been here a little while. It took you a little while to get to the sub-basement. Get, like, to be here, and you've been here a while. So you look, and it is 6.30 in the morning. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so, um, you know what? That re- exact reaction, I'm going to say, um, ch- flipped. Uh, you're going to have to test your ability to stay calm right now. Okay. <laughs> Turn to 6, 8, 10, 14, or 16. Choose freely. They're all good. 8. 8. What is the worst part about this ghost? Obviously the hands. So the hands are the worst part. And then I draw again. Crap. <laughs> all right. I'm going to have to discard my hand because I don't want to bust. Uh, let's draw another card. And, oh, I just flipped the whole discard pile. Great. I got an ace. Crap. (gasps) (laughs) What's the worst possible thing that happens here? 
It is. So I panic. Choose one. I either lash out, I beg, I scramble back the way I came, or I throw up. <laughs> Greg has a lot of problems with like acid reflux, and one of his, his panic responses is for some reason to just throw up. And as much as he tries to hold it down, like he, he, you know, tries to catch it and then another wave comes and he just throws up all over his shoes and the inside of the machine. Okay. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. I figured if it's bad, it's going to be bad. It's bad. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. That happens. And she, it happens and you look down and it wasn't there before, but suddenly that fabric that she was weaving is right at your feet and there's vomit right on it and she's like if they see this then it's my head and she just starts like she's her hands they've already been like kind of jabbing you in the shoulder as she kind of points things at you mm-hmm. and her like i said her fingernails are warped so like every time she jabs you it's like just kind of like gently poking someone with a with a rusty nail oh, so it's good. not breaking the mm-hmm. skin but it's definitely like hurts and itches and stuff yeah and you know yeah and you can like feel the rust on it because you're like oh it's like unclean now yeah so now she's like spins you around she jabs you spins you like a full 180 degrees so you're disoriented and she wraps her giant hand around your throat and she starts like balling up the she starts balling up the fabric that she's been weaving and she's like, you keep your, you keep your fucking lunch down. And she starts like grabbing it. And yes, so now she's about, and she's like balling it up with obviously the intent of jamming all of this fabric down your throat. Mm, great. So turn to 40. 40. Uh oh, that's getting towards the back of the book. That's not good. <laughs> Number 40. I get to draw. And then we will determine the consequences after that. So, got a card. Flip it. Ace and a seven. That gives me eight. You can't escape the ghost assault, but tell the MC what you try to do to survive it. Tell the MC to continue from their place. All right. So, he's he's definitely panicking now. Uh, as much as he tries to keep his composure, things just seem to be falling apart. So... Uh, he's gonna say, "I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I haven't eaten in days. I'm tired. This is a, this is a stressful situation. I'm I'm new to this whole thing, and I'll clean it up. I swear." Okay, she's yes. I'm gonna say she's balling it up, and she is just saying, she's now just repeating like, "You keep your fucking lunch down," and she is like still reaching for your throat, and as you like beg and as you beg and reason. You're kind of like your head is sort of bobbing around as she tries to like jam a ball of fabric in your throat. So I'm going to ask you to turn to number 44. All right. You've survived the ghost's attack. Eventually it goes, leaving you for dead. But dot, 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 draw. Yes, yeah, so what has happened is she eventually does just like grab your chin and you feel you feel like grabs your chin and you feel her fingers dig in and it starts to and like you don't feel a crack in your jaw but you feel it like you can almost feel the bones bending as if they're about to snap so you mm-hmm. just eventually like your ma- like instinct reflex kicks in and you sort of hold your mouth open just enough that she can start jamming it down your throat. 
and she like just drops you. You go down, and she's just like trying to jam this down your throat. So eventually, I'm sorry. Continue. Forty-four is bad. I'm just letting you know that. Oh, I'm uh, so. Oh, I love this game so much already. Okay, so uh, I want to tell you what Bust says before I flip this card over. Okay. Uh, eventually, it goes, leaving you for dead. But if you bust, it says it's because you're dead. You just don't realize it yet. Whoa. Okay, so I got a four. So that's uh, 11, 12. Shit. I have to ask you to choose one of these. I'm badly hurt, most likely dying. I can't stand, let alone walk. I'm disoriented and lost. Or I'm cornered with no way out. I am going to (laughs) say... These are bad. (laughs) I am going to say you are... What was the disoriented one? Uh, disoriented and lost. You are disoriented and lost. What feels like it feels like you're there for hours, like, and and she's just jamming these fistfuls of like cloth down your throat, and it's gagging you with every single one, and your reflexes triggering with every single one, and you try to cough it back up, but you can't as more of this 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 fabric and she and eventually you like col- just collapse onto the hard floor. She just says, Somebody pick this one up and just like walks back and the fabric bits of fabric that were swirling around her are right back to where they like she's just back to standing at the thing and she's pulling out threads of fabric. And then she's gone. All right. Well. You, you struggle to your feet. You cough. You finally cough up, and all that comes up is like it's just like dry heaves for a few minutes. And but you look around, and the room is spinning because you've been dry heaving, and you're you're dehydrated, and you're disoriented, and you're lost. All right. Well, it says to tell you to turn to number thirty-three. Thirty-three. You have survived the ghost's assault, but you are you have suffered badly for it. So I get to decide the outcome. The ghost has departed, so I'm going to turn back to three. Okay. You are back to being alone in this massive, winding factory floor. Everything is more or less as it was, but you notice that the, there's fab- more fabric seemingly bi- piled up all around you weird you're you're dizzy you're disoriented you're dehydrated what do you do um i think step one would be to try and um solve the immediate problem by you know seeing if i can uh find my water bottle and like a a protein bar or something in my backpack and after that try to figure out how the hell to get out of this place okay um you do you find the water you find your water bottle you take a drink of it you you take a drink of it you take a big huge swig of it and you cough most of it up just out of sheer like cuz you've been gagging so much yeah throat's kind of raw and yeah so eventually some of it goes down you 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 have the protein bar but you decide like i don't even like you can try it if you want but you don't know if you're going to be able to keep it down. Yeah, I'm going to stick with water for now. Yeah, so you eventually get you eventually get some hydration, so you've kind of got your bearings again. So you move through um the hallways. The first thing you come upon is a stairwell. Yes. 
the first thing you come upon it, you find a stairwell. One of okay. those, like, um, one of those real, uh, flimsy, like, the factory, like, uh, loft stairwells. You know the ones I'm talking about? Where they're yeah, real. It seems like it's made out of the basic, like, the same stuff as, like, a stepladder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you find okay. that, you make your way up, you reach a door. It's partially there, or, like, the door is there, and you, you make a move on it, but it's, like, jammed shut. Because you you push on it because it opens to the outside, mm-hmm. but it doesn't budge. Open, yeah. Uh, like it opens a little bit, but there's obviously like stuff on the other side. Like the doorway is obviously the the exit to this building is obviously jammed up against something something like practically immobile around the doorway. Um. Around the doorway, you look and you find more, more bones, uh, a few chunk, a few body parts of rotting corpses. There was clearly around this doorway. There was clearly a mass of people, because you're seeing a lot of like repeating bones and such. So there's clearly um, whatever happened clearly involved a mass of people at this doorway. I'm thinking they were probably trying to get away from the fire and they died in the smoke. That would be my first assumption upon seeing that in the barred door. <sighs> um, now, does the stairwell go down any further or does it just lead up to this door? It's It leads up to like a loft area. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just it's the, there's the floor and then there's the loft area. Um, are there any like windows or anything in the loft area that look out into... The outside world. Um, they're the only windows that you see are the ones that, even from the loft, they're kind of out of reach, and you can tell they're out of reach because more of those like claw marks in the walls mm-hmm. have are are like underneath the windows. There's a lot more mm. of them where there's actually just chunks of wall like missing, and that you can't see on the outside, but you can see that the chunks of wall are a few inches thick. Like that are missing, as if as if people had just been clawing and trying to climb the walls so much that they just ripped chunks of them out. Crap. Okay. Um, I guess this plan did not work. Um, I guess I would go back to the main spooky area and look for another way out. Okay. Um, you start to make your way down the stairs, and there's a buzzing. Yes, there's a there's a buzzing. Is it ahead of me or behind me in the loft? Um, it is behind you on the loft. There's a buzzing. It's electrical. It's like a fuzzy kind of. It's a fuzzy kind of noise. It's it's something you've definitely heard at some point before. It's muffled at first, and you eventually you start making out words like um, evacuate and orderly. And you recognize that you're hearing a loudspeaker. But all the lights are out in here. Hmm. Um, let's see if we could find the source of that noise. Okay. You you look around uh, the loft and you see... You, um, you, you peek around with the light on your backpack and your GoPro. Mm-hmm. And you, you eventually see 
the like one of those little tiny old timey um, loudspeakers has like fallen out and the cords are dangling and you that's what seems to be making the noise except the thing is it's wrapped around the throat of a dead body oh good and it's you actually what you see as you get closer you look at it and you can see that it's actually like the cord is wrapped around its throat, but it's actually come back around in a way that doesn't quite make sense. Like it doesn't quite make – you can't piece together why it would come back like that except that you see that the loudspeaker has managed to find itself lodged in the upper throat of the dead body. And that's what's making – that's what's like giving that muffled like subway bus yeah. – term, like subway bus terminal operator – speak and it's just saying things but it's like sprawled out in a, against a corner and it's got the loudspeaker box in its throat and it's just spouting off random platitudes well um things can't get too much crazier so greg's gonna try and ask the dead body with the muffled sound a question and see if the speaker responds okay huh. hey how, how do i get out of here let me see exactly. Let me read this. Sure. Ghost will murder every ghost will murder the other player. Attracts attention the wrong way. I don't like that part. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Yes, I know exactly what's going to happen. So you approach oh, it and you ask it that, and the thing that you notice is it like looks up at you and its eyes go wide. Or oh, I, I should say, one of them has clearly like burst. Gross. Yeah, right. Um, and it starts like convulsing just a little bit, and you see actual, actual electrical like sparks like just pop out, and like it pops veins and a little bit of like coagulated blood and shock just like pfft, right out of one arm and then right out of like a leg, and it just you hear. Um, I'm gonna as I flip to number fifteen, choose option B. No, choose option A. It it gives you that like that subway operator <laughs> as it starts to like clamor to its feet. Hmm. Hmm. Um, is it still kind of tethered to the wall with the wire? Yes. Okay, well that's good at least. Um, I'm gonna try to back away to what I think is a safe distance and keep. I'm going to say, okay, one more time. How do I get out of here? I can help you if you help me. Okay. It continues approaching towards you as it just says louder. (laughs) And it just continues approaching and it like hits the edge of the wire. And like it, it tugs once and it like steps back and it walks up and it tugs again. And then it just, it like snaps forward, the wire snaps, it like, a bunch of its veins burst with electricity as it like, as it like, whole like shakes and convulses as it moves, as it approaches. Mm. (laughs) Crap. (laughs) So it is approaching you with its full attention upon you. Uh, So you can once again turn to 6, 10, 14, or 16. Uh, Choose freely, they're all good. And I'm going to keep my place here. Okay, um... Oh, I'm really enjoying this game. Um, I don't think I've tried six yet. Let's go with six. Okay. 
tell the MC something you wanted the chance to do before you died. What? Oh, there's there's other parts. We'll have to start with this one. Uh, Greg, he's he's been a, f- a fan of exploring, and he knows some people who actually um, have a chance to go to like Antarctica and stuff on research mm-hmm, expeditions. Mm-hmm. And he's been saving up the money and the leave time from work to where he can go with them once because he's always loved exploring. And what better place than one of the most unexplored places in the world? So right after that, tell tell MC something you wanted a chance to do before he died. It says, what do you most hope that you don't do now? Choose scream, break and run, beg, or lash out. Um, Greg is, is, is really hoping he doesn't lash out. It seems like these people died in a bad situation and they died angry. So abuse would probably make it worse. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so now I'm going to draw. Yep. Let's see, I have a 12, uh, eight cards possible to give me a 20. And there's one, two, three, four, five. That'll give me more than 20. Ah, let's, let's go for it. This is going to be bad. This is going to be bad. Fuck. <laughs> the worst possible right, thing I happens. A, I got a 22. You do the one thing you hoped you wouldn't. Tell the MC. <laughs> uh, panic sets in and not wanting to have anything shoved down his throat. Uh, I meet the rushing speaker monster with a punch to the speaker box. Okay. You punch it and to your credit, you knock it back and you actually see the speaker box shoot back through the other side of their neck. It's pretty gnarly. They respond by shoving you and you tumble over the top of the, uh, loft. Is there anything else on the thing, or do I just keep describing? Yeah, it just says to continue from where you were. Okay, so after I draw, uh, let's see. So you, yeah, it shoves you, and you teeter. I'm gonna say that, yeah, you teeter, and I have to do it. Flip to number twenty nine. Hmm. Twenty nine is everybody leaves happily. I think it's probably that makes sense. <laughs> oh no, it's a ghost is assaulting you. Uh, well, that no, that checks out too. Okay, then I know exactly what, yep, now that I'm reading it over, it um, screams one last time. (laughs) And it shoves you, and you do go tumbling over, and you land on this big sheet of fabric between, like, like one of the long strands of it between two looms. And you splash, and you sink below it. And it surrounds you in this liquidy, milky kind of way. Thick, like, whole milk, too. Like, kind of just on the edge of curdling, where it's, like, real thick and a little chunky. Yeah, Actually, that's yeah. way past... Wait, hold on. Like, buttermilk? Yeah, it, yeah. Because I feel like once milk is chunky, that's way past... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think buttermilk's kind of like gooey sour cream. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. like that. It does that, and, like... You feel your whole body like you feel the – even though like it was on the top of the loft, you feel like you suddenly see its hands plunge into this milky this milky fabric and hold you. And it's just holding you down and you feel the tug of the undertow as it's just like – as it's pulling you and you can't fight your way up to the surface. Oh, man. That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so now uh you will you can turn to number 40 
All right. Uh, I have to draw. Well, I've already busted, so I'm going to put all these away. Well, you can draw on that if you want. It's, it's your call. It's I, your funeral. I, it, technically, I can, and technically it would be. <laughs> uh, let's flip. I got a queen, so that gives me an 11. 11. Okay. Um, I can't escape the ghost assault, but I have to tell you what I do to try and survive it. Hmm. I'm going to try. Greg stops fighting at a certain point okay. and does his best to simulate the way he's seen dead people kind of float there in, in movies. Okay. In the hopes that uh, this thing will lose interest. Okay. Um, then, yeah, it. No ghost can relent until it believes its victim dead. So you can flip to number 44. I've survived the ghost attack. Eventually it goes, leaving me for dead, but I get to draw again. <sighs> Trying my luck. I'm going to try it. And it's probably going to bite me in the ass. Let's see. Yep. <laughs> I busted. Oh, no. You survived the ghost attack. Eventually it goes, leaving you for dead. But it's because you are dead and you just don't realize it yet. Tell the MC to turn to 37. 37. The other player has been left for dead by the ghost because you are dead. So I ask you now, what do you look like as a ghost? A little bit bloated. You know how uh, on the movies and stuff, when they get a body out of the water, it's it's kind of yeah. swollen. And it's kind of lost it's, the definition. Yeah, it's like that. Um, it looks like somebody kind of put way too tight clothes on my guy. Um, he doesn't have his backpack anymore. And strangely enough, since this place is so far inland... He has this distinct smell of, of ocean water, and he's got algae kind of stuck to his face. <sighs> All right, now turn to number 46. You've been murdered by ghosts. The end. Thanks for playing. <laughs> Isn't that really what 46 is? As I shit you not, that's what 46 says. <laughs> well, uh, 37 ends with... Did you scare yourself? And I, I did actually scare myself at several points. And you scared me just now because that's a mess. That's a that's an unsettling visual. And I yeah. Well, I figured you know if you're killed by your fear or you know what you think it is, then you probably take on what that fear was that killed you. That makes sense. And did you leave troubling questions unanswered? What do you think? Did we leave troubling questions unanswered? A little bit. Like why the hell did all these people get locked inside in a fire? Okay. Then yeah, or what I assume is a fire. Then, then then I then I did win. The end. Damn you! Thank you for playing. <laughs> that was fun. Okay, this is rad, and I'm uh, I'm I'm printing this out and I'm playing it with. I'm gonna play it with my wife, and she she's like terrified of scary. Oh, things. that was fun. Actually, that was really scary, and that was that was really cool. That was scary, and I was the one doing the scaring, and I was like unsettled <laughs> at points. That's that's definitely the goal. You you did a good job, and I got the little heebie-jeebies a few times, especially when you did the he's you're drowning in the the undertow thing, and I was like, oh, no, I hope that no, wasn't no, too no. far. No, 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 okay. it's, it's fine. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. That was yeah, I, I didn't have like a flashback. Okay, or anything. we're good. Oh, that was really cool. Uh, Chris, that was, fun. that was super super fun. I'm really thank yeah. you for uh, thank you for coming on the show. That was great. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm you know. I'm glad we finally were able to work the scheduling out to where I can come uh, hang out with you. Yeah, this was great. Anytime you want to come back on, anytime you want to play another game, uh, this would be super. I'm super into it. So yeah, uh, I'll uh, I'll spread the word to to some of the guys on the cast too, and we'll please. see if uh, any of them are interested. I'd love to. Um, so real quick, uh, why don't you run down social media stuff again before we wrap up? Okay. 
Uh, so we are that D and D podcast. It's a live play, uh, tabletop RPG podcast. You can find us at that D and D podcast.com. That's D the letter N and then D the no, no ampersand. Uh, we're on Twitter at that D and D podcast and, um, Facebook slash that D and D podcast. And if you ever want to email us about anything, we are that D and D podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, you also have a Patreon now, right? We do. We just started it up. It's, Patreon slash that D and D podcast. We try to keep the the naming the same uh-huh. to make it easy yep. to find us. I just want to make sure I plug, make sure I got that that, that plug in because it's important. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Um, helping us uh, pay for all of our subscriptions and hosting fees and all that kind of stuff. Yep, mind. I know the struggle. Oh, that was super <laughs> fun. Oh my gosh, Chris, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. I'm Thanks, gonna man. throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. All right, sounds good. Bye. Thanks, past me, and thanks to Chris for coming on to the show. That episode slayed me. It had me keeling over. Okay, no, that's the last one, I promise. Because I wouldn't want to beat a dead corpse. Okay, no, that's the last one. Sorry, that's the, I promise that's the last one. Be sure to check out that D&D podcast. They do some really fun actual play, and I think that you're going to really dig them. Party of One is produced by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. This episode edited by Jen Frank. Follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast, and on Twitter at PartyOfOnePod. If you love the show, the best thing you can do about it is tell a friend, whether by recommending it on social media, just giving us a nice review on iTunes. However, that whatever that means to you, that's the best thing you can do. It helps us grow and it helps us do bigger and better and cooler things. Music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. Until next time, party people, thanks for listening, and remember, if somebody asks you if you're a god, then you say yes.